Hey. Hey. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I cannot be happier to report that I'm feeling great today. Oh, what a difference a day makes. What a difference in deedly doodly. And I'll tell you where, where I think it all, where it all stems, stems from. What happened here was I felt this, uh, I felt like I, I still had this, okay, you know when you're fighting through something, an infection, you have the fever, and the fever takes you down because it's, you're, you're boiling up a little bit, your, your body is burning off, whatever, and you, the fever takes you down a notch, and you just feel out of sorts, you know that your body is at war with something, you just don't know what it is, well... That's what it was. That's what it felt like yesterday and the day before that. Only there was no fever, so I guess it was a little disorienting, uh, in, in, disorientating in that in that regard. That you're fighting something, but you're not getting the fever, and um, I th I think that uh, a lot of that has burned off, and a lot of that has self-corrected over the last 12 hours, and I feel good. So I hope that we are all strapped in for a nice little Friday evening, a good Friday. And after the show tonight, I have a few things that I'm going to be leaving you with in the after-hour programming. We have some good Easter programming throughout the weekend, and tonight I have, um, I put something aside that I watched over, over Christmas break, and I said, oh, this is going to be great for Easter. And it is a, a really awesome dive into the Shroud of Turin. So I think that many of you are going to really enjoy that. That'll be after the show. We're still going to take it till about eight o'clock tonight. I'm not going to push it, although I know I could. Uh, I can push it a little bit tonight, but not going to go too crazy. Also, we were thinking about some good biblical films, some Easter films to play on Sunday all throughout the day and into the night on Easter uh, during the Easter holiday on QuiteFrankly.tv. What do you think we should play? What do you think we should play, ladies and gentlemen? I uh, we don't know what to do. I said, do we go for the do we go for the uh, the whole enchilada? That's the six hour, the six hour uh, greatest story that was ever told. That's six hours right there. That's the one. Uh, that's the one with drunk John Wayne at the end. Let me see. Hold on. Hold on. John Wayne, greatest story ever told. Yeah. <laughs> hold on. Here. <laughs> Here he is. Wait a second. Here he is. They're just like, who else can we get in this film? Everybody must be in this film. Everybody. Here is uh, John Wayne as the Roman centurion. It's like he has one. Uh, it, it, it's so awkward. It's like he's the only. Per he probably didn't even meet the rest of the cast. There he is, and now listen. And he's 
I love John Wayne, but he's drunk. Truly, this man was the son of God. The son of God. Truly, he was. But um, but that's what that's. What do we play? So email us because we still have a couple of uh, we still have a day and a half to put together some good Easter programming. Maybe we could put some Davy and Goliath up there, huh? Those Davy and Goliath. You remember the Davy and Goliath cartoons? Well, I have a lot of things in mind here, but welcome to the show tonight. It's Good Friday. We still have some headlines to get through. I would love to take some of your calls. Um, and I want to thank my sponsors tonight as well. That is that is SecretNatureCBD.com. That is for anybody who needs to have a nice chill session on the back porch this weekend. Just relaxing and preparing yourself for the holiday and just relaxing and, and, uh, and uh, leveling out your medicine cabinet. Because it is medicine from nature. SecretNatureCBD.com. Use promo code FRANKLY for 20% off. And then, and then, ladies and gentlemen, you have... BlueMonsterPrep.com, which should be, you should be checking their, their their site daily for specials and calling up Pat and Gina and saying, uh, listen, I've been, you know, they're tracking what's going on in Ukraine, tracking what's going on, they're, they're trying to push Russia into a limited or God knows full-fledged nuclear exchange, get around to that in a little bit, and that has not, that it still has nothing to do with what's going on with the supply chains. I mean, there's so much, there's so much, so much going on, and thankfully, we have two very practical and necessary sponsors. Go and patronize them, please. Okay, um, is that all we have? That's all we have for now. Next week, we got a great show ahead of us. We got great shows ahead of us. Adam Krigler is coming on the show. Uh, Kathy O'Brien is coming on. I'm going to do that again. Oh, please, don't let anything happen to me next week. So much more, so much more, and um, I will keep you abreast on all of the reschedulings and things like that. Let's get into the chat room, see how everybody's doing. Uh, I watch Passion of the Christ for Easter. We are thinking about Passion of the Christ. It's just so brutal. I mean, I, 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 it's, it's, a, it's an amazing movie. It impacted me greatly in my life personally, and, um, but it's just so brutal. I just don't know. Do what I'll put it up. We can watch it together if you'd like, but it's brutal. Uh, I'd rather go for one of the cotton candy versions. You know, keep the day kind of light. I don't know. A anywho, I am just uh, very happy, very happy to be here tonight, and I can't wait to take some calls from you in a moment or two. Let's first go to. Let's first go to Zero Hedge. Hold on a second. Let me make sure that I got my... There we go. All right. Zero Hedge. Twitter board adopts a poison pill to thwart Elon Musk the takeover of Twitter. Which, and just to reiterate, ladies and gentlemen, we're just watching the... The theatrics on this one. It's, uh, I, I don't really, have not, not taking a side, per se. I, I love seeing people get crazy. I think it's a lot of fun. Especially, especially, there's a lot of genuine crazy coming out of people on the left. So that's wonderful. And then, then there's things like this. Listen to this. Uh, 
As was widely expected and reported in the aftermath of Elon Musk going hostile on Friday morning, on Saturday morning, Twitter adopted a measure. On Saturday morning? Is this written in another time zone? Twitter adopted a measure that will shield it from hostile acquisition bids in a desperate step to prevent the billionaire Elon Musk's offer to take the company private and make it a bastion of free speech. The board set up a shareholder rights plan, also known as a poison pill, uh, which, as we clarified yesterday, for the benefit of the company's overly dramatic, overly literal, overly snowflake employees, it is not literal. And which is exercisable if a party, read Elon Musk, acquires 15% of stock without prior approval, lasting for one year, if the pill had expired that day after the midterms, uh, it may have been a bit too obvious. The plan seeks to ensure that anyone taking control of Twitter through open market accumulation of shares pays all shareholders an appropriate control premium, according to a statement on Friday. For a company that has struggled greatly with value creation on Friday, Twitter stock closed at $45.08, or $0.18 cents higher than where it closed on the first day as a public company at $44.90. A poison pill defense strategy allows existing shareholders the right to purchase additional shares at a discount, effectively diluting the ownership interests of the hostile party. Poison pills are common among companies under fire from activist investors or in hostile takeover situations. Under Twitter's plan, this is just incredible. Incredible. Incredible what they will do to make sure that people are not able, are not able to have anything that resembled a version of the internet that we had even five years ago. That, that's how insane these people are. Twitter enacted the plan to buy time. Bloomberg report, reported citing a, personal, a person familiar with the matter, although it wasn't clear. Clear time for what? What are they buying time for? At $54.20, Musk's offer represents a premium to the historical Twitter price since IPO 92% of the time. Uh, it's about to get bombarded with a barrage of lawsuits claiming it violated its fiduciary duty. The board also said it wants to be able to analyze and negotiate any deal and may still accept it. Spoiler alert, it will not. Now, as far as those of you out there, like me, who really don't understand... Don't play the the stock market game or anything uh, to that degree, and and uh, don't know really the, the tools that are being employed here. The one thing I could tell you is that fiduciary duty of any publicly traded company is to always, always keep the stockholders, the uh, those who are actually owning stock in the company their value in mind and to only make decisions that will increase that that stock now obviously a company can tank a product can go bad uh, some some other way that a that the uh, the company can lose its reputation in one way or another uh, th that just happens it's just normal wear and tear and a lot of things reach obsolescence before others but when you're going out of your way to dilute um, shares to 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 do what you got to do to maintain control of a company in the way that it is, especially when it already has problems properly valuating itself. I mean, hey, 
as we said before, this is this has it has nothing to do with anything other than state control over the media. State control over the media. Uh, here's another interesting story. Nearly 100 people at this New Jersey school got brain tumors. A survivor demands answers. A cancer survivor is vowing to untangle the twisted mystery of why almost 100 people associated with New Jersey High School, a New Jersey high school, have developed extremely rare malignant brain tumors. Al Lupiano is among the other 94 staff and students from the Colonia High School in Woodbridge Township School District who have been stricken by devastating diagnoses in the recent past recent years. I will not rest until I have answers, Lupiano, 50 years old, declared in an interview with NJ.com and the star Ledger. On Thursday, I will uncover the truth, he said. Among the others diagnosed with brain cancer was Lupiano's younger sister, who passed away from the disease in February at the age of 44. The devoted brother promised his sister on her deathbed that he would get to the bottom of what was causing the apparent cancer cluster at Colonia High School. On Tuesday, after a public push by Lupiano, local officials approved an emergency probe into the school. So I'm going to try to keep track of this. Um, because, I mean, you just think about the seen and the unseen. We always talk about one thing or another uh, that we're dealing with these days on the biological end, both the pandemic end and the response to the pandemic and then what everything else you know i was actually talking to my i was talking to a friend of mine who sold me or got me into my last two cars they're both leases and i was speaking with him because i wanted to talk to him about the status of my current lease where i wanted to get out of it and i wanted to actually own something and i was talking to him about buying out my lease today so I asked him, how you been, man? It's been a long time. And he says, I, to be honest, I, I was just uh, just in Florida. I went out to dinner. And before I knew it, I was in the hospital. I said, what are we talking about? Because I told him that I was just, you know, I'm on the mend over here too. I had a, I had the, the flu laid me out for a week. And he said, I went out to dinner in Florida and I just collapsed. I just passed out. I said, what the hell do you think it was? I mean, I, I, do, you, do you have any problems? He goes, no, I had no problems. And I'll tell you what I think it is, Frank. I think it's these damn shots. I said, whoa, okay, well, I mean, you're, you're, not, you're not surprising me. I'm, I'm actually happy that you're, you're open to, to even considering that that actually might be at play here because we've been tracking this since the beginning and there's a lot going on. And this is stuff that, of course, has been occupying the consciousness of most people you know we're talking about you know, we're talking about a uh, a collective experience that we have all uh, been walking down the same path you know having our individual um, experiences and and uh, along the way but this is something that we've all been living through together for the last couple of years this thing that goes on in places like New Jersey these are the things that go unreported these are the things that just that you never hear about. And sometimes it could just be something as bad as uh, asbestos. You know, asbestos gets into, gets out there and all, all of a sudden you have a lot of these, these uh, mesothelioma, um, all these mesothelioma cases that pop up because a, a building was built before a 
certain time, it wasn't cleaned out, it wasn't brought up to code, things like that could happen. It could just be bad building management. On the other hand, we also know that there's plenty of things that are, have been done to the public, uh, known and unknown, testing, 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 testing. And, uh, and, and God knows how long ago this cancer cluster n never had a chance. God knows. But we'll get into that more as time goes on. It is 7.10. We still have some time here. Here's another thing I want to ask you all about. Kim.com comes out and says this. The Hunter Biden laptop data will be headline news next week. They cannot contain it or discredit it anymore. Stay tuned for updates. What do you think about this? We know it's serious. We knew that the Wiener laptop was serious. But what do you think about this? What do you think about those who are hyping it up? Have you lost any faith in Jack Maxey? Um, what do you think we're going to get out of this? Why the running around? Why the holding, holding on to this card? What do you think is in there? Well, obviously, next week is next week. But then again, we heard from the Jack Maxey guy two weeks ago that this was all going to come out then. Now here's Kim.com. And, uh, you know, I mean, he, he was another one that was a part of our hopes. He was at least playing a small role in our hopes of the truth coming out about Seth Rich. And now there's this. It's not that we were lied to. We know that the laptop is real. We know that what the, what the, the, uh, the public already knows about the Biden family dealings and how they are plugged into the greater global network of crooks is already bad enough. The, the material that we got of a sexual nature already is already bad enough. But we're, you know, we're being teased with, once again, uh, Clinton-level crimes against humanity. What do you think about this? We'll take some calls. Remember all these things. Write down stuff that you want to uh, come in on with, uh, come in for. And, um, and, yeah, what else do we have? That's it. That's it. Let's get the let's just get this show on the uh, the road, shall we? I want to jump into uh, Europe a little bit. I have another uh, another story from France. A mystery sarcophagus found in Notre Dame to be opened that I want to speak to you guys about. Creepy for a Friday, although you don't want to get too creepy on a good Friday. Anyhow, thank you all so much for hanging out here tonight. I'll be checking those super chats. Share the show far and wide. It would be great, great to continue to grow this audience and grow and grow and grow. And uh, thank you for being a part of that growth. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride!
Hey. Hey, everybody. So happy to have you here. We have modest audiences watching right now. I know it's not as exciting when Frank isn't in the studio. And word probably got around that he was... He was uh, slow and sick-sounding. But it's alright, because it's Friday now, and whoever is here is, um, is part of our little group. Our little group therapy session for the evening. And I can't wait to cast off into the weekend and then get back to a full week of work next week. Um, really, really good times ahead. Good times that we're in right now. And uh, just as a little bit of a, a preview for tonight, here's what we have I want to remind you all. This is a video. It's called A Remarkable Relic of the Resurrection. A Remarkable Relic of the Resurrection, uh, Father Robert Spitzer. And this is a great, great, great view. It's only 47 minutes long, and it is, uh, it's something else. It really is something else. So go and make sure that you hang out on quitefrankly.tv after the show concludes tonight, because we have, uh, we have plenty that we can do together there. It's Friday, yeah? I really enjoyed the weather last night. Uh, we had a little bit of... I think we had a little bit of rain at one point. Yeah, when I left the, the basement last night, the ground was wet. I had just felt like crap. And then I went into the living room, and, you know, me and Lauren started talking. I got myself some dinner made. And I, uh, I tell you, I had a Dr. Pepper. It turned the entire night around. Why? I don't know. Perhaps some of you... Um, Perhaps some of you understand why. Uh, but it turned my entire night around. Then I went and I had myself a shower and a shave. I, I completely shaved my face and my head. It felt amazing. It felt amazing. This morning, the baby was pointing at my face. Said she noticed everything was off. I said, yes, I know. I know Daddy, Daddy doesn't look like a bum that Mommy took home from like a... The, the, the father she saw wallowing in an alleyway and felt bad for him. Daddy no longer looks like a bum in the gutter anymore. And Lauren's course, like, no, you don't look like a, a a bum. You're so handsome. That's the emotional support I have here. That's why I can keep going. Um, I don't know. There, there might be some emotional support that's needed in France, though. Listen to this. Emotional support, a witch doctor, or something, because this is very weird here. Here's the tweet from AFP News Agency, a mysterious leaden sarcophagus. Lead sarcophagus discovered in the bowels of Paris's Notre Dame Cathedral after it was devastated by a fire will soon be opened and its secrets revealed, French archaeologist says. This does not sound like a good idea, if you ask me. Mystery sarcophagus found in Notre Dame to be opened. Um, the announcement came just a day before the third anniversary of the Inferno that engulfed the 12th century Gothic landmark, which shocked the world and led to a massive reconstruction project and a non-existent investigation, of course. That was during a time, and it still is, cause, but of course we know who controls the, the media, where churches all over Europe were being burned. 
churches being burned, priests being beheaded, killed in the middle of mass. During preparatory work to rebuild the church's ancient spire last month, workers found the well-preserved sarcophagus buried more than a meter, three feet underground, lying among the brick pipes of a 19th century heating system, but is believed to be much older, possibly the 14th century. Scientists have already peeked into the sarcophagus using an endoscopic camera, revealing the upper part of a skeleton, a pillow of leaves, fabric as yet unidentified objects. I wonder if this is, uh, I wonder if this is Druid. A sarcophagus was extracted from the cathedral on Tuesday. France's INRAP, National Archaeological Research Institute, said during a press conference, it is currently being held in a secure location and will be sent very soon to the Institute of Forensic Medicine in the southwestern city of Toulouse. Or Toulouse. I can't do the French words. I'm going to get th three emails of people telling me how to, how to say it, as if I'm ever going to say it again. I hope my, my friend Joel isn't listening. Uh, it is currently being held, uh, forensic experts and scientists will then open the sarcophagus and study its contents to identify the skeleton's gender, huh. <laughs> problematic, and former state of health. See, back then there were two genders, and only two, so maybe it isn't problematic. Lead, uh, lead archaeologist Christopher Benizier said adding the carbon dating technology could be used. Noting that it was found under a mound of earth that had furniture from the 14th century, Christophe Besnier said, quote, if it turns out that it is in fact a sarcophagus from the Middle Ages, we are dealing with an extremely rare burial practice. They also hope to determine a social rank of the deceased given the place and style of burial, they were presumably among the elite of their time. However, INRAP, that's the archaeological foundation in, there in France, the head of INRAP, Dominique Garcia, emphasized that the body will be examined in compliance with French laws regarding human remains. Quote, a human body is not an archaeological object, he said. As human remains, the civil code applies and archaeologists will study it as such. Once they are done studying the sarcophagus, it will be returned, not as an archaeological object, but as an anthro anthropological asset. And could, Notre Dame, and could Notre Dame, this unknown person's home, for so many centuries, serve as their final resting place? Now, this is very interesting stuff here, because they found it so deep down, under a mound that could place, place this at the 14th century, And for it to be unknown and leaden, I don't know, something about this just does not smell right, ladies and gentlemen. Because as you know, if you know anything about um, Catholic, um, Catholic relics, and uh, especially if it has to do with saints and martyrs, um, th th these types of things are really not hidden like this. They're brought to the forefront. The catacombs are usually easily accessible. There, there have been some lost catacombs, of course, over history. But this is something completely different. 
So that's why I, I wonder if it's... Um, oh, man. Who knows? But I, here's the thing about this. I wonder where we can... I'm going to have to set this aside because I want to get updates on this. But where the hell do you get the updates? So many times we've gotten stories like this pop up and then there's no follow-up. I'm sure somebody's following it up. This is a major archaeological find. So I will just set that into my bookmarks again. And there you have it. All right, on the, uh, on the flip side of things, back into the, uh, the, the, the real world, that is, that's the old world. Here is the new world that's, supposed, that's uh, being stripped away and destroyed from Newsmax. From Newsmax, CIA director, it's unwise to discount possibility of Russia using its nukes. They so badly, they so badly need this. CIA Director William Burns said Thursday that uh, the United States should not dismiss the possibility of Russia using nuclear weapons in its war with Ukraine. Following a speech at Georgia Tech in Atlanta, Burns said, quote, given the potential desperation, there it is, it's been about Putin's desperation ever since the beginning, ever since they started lying about the Ukrainian resistance being something that was so much more than it wasn't lying about everything from the Snake Island thing, lying about the ghost of Kiev, lie, lo, so many lies, most of them coming from that Zelensky guy himself. Um, given the setbacks that they have faced so far militarily, none of us can take lightly the threat posed by potential resort to tactical nuclear weapons or low-yield nuclear weapons. Burns notes that the U.S. has not seen practical evidence of such escalation. They have not seen evidence of anything except their own internal writings. Quote, while we have seen some rhetorical posturing on the part of the Kremlin about moving to higher nuclear alert levels, so far we haven't seen a lot of practical evidence of the kinds of deployments or military dispositions that would reinforce that concern, said Burns, the CIA director, since March of 2021. But we watch for that very intently. One of our most important responsibilities at the CIA, it's one of our most important responsibilities at the CIA, aside from ruining the world. Aside from ruining the world. And here's another reason why, the, the desperation. Here is the leader of the free world, supposedly. You probably have seen this. You probably have seen this. Here is Joe Biden shaking nobody's hand. Oh, hold on. I'm going to have to, yeah, here you go. I got this off of a buddy of mine's Tumblr account. Here's Joe Biden wrapping up a speech, turning around and and shaking nobody's hand. So nobody was there for him to shake their hand, but he held out his hand anyway. And then he turns around and he proceeds to once again just look like a lost old dementia-riddled man. It's just, uh, it, it's sad. It's sad, of course, but it, I mean, hey, there's, there's no reason for concern in the media. No reason for concern whatsoever. And uh, that, that is why Vladimir Putin is very, very scared of us because of, because of our leadership, of course. Now, this ties a little bit more into speaking straight to the point. 
This is from usawatchdog.com by Greg Hunter, founded on Zero Hedge. Let's read through this together. Here's the quote. Very profound indeed, but we already know this. The West needs World War III. Martin Armstrong warns there's no return to normal here. Legendary financial and geopolitical cycle analyst Martin Armstrong thinks the New World Order's so-called Great Reset plan for humanity now needs war to try and make it work. Yes. Well, I mean, hell, the Zells have been telling us that since the beginning of uh, 2020. When we realized what, uh, what, what the virus was and what they were going to do with it. And then, of course, by that summer, they just came out with it. The whole Great Reset shit. And it could happen in the next few weeks. Armstrong ex- explains what they are trying to do is deliberately poke the bear. They are increasing the pressure on just about everything under the sun. The West needs World War III. They just need it. The real problem here is that they went to negative interest rates in 2014 in Europe. They have been unable to stimulate the economy. And the Keynesian economics uh, have completely failed. Uh, Paul Kruger out there is probably strangling himself. I would say this is mismanagement of, uh, of government on a global sa- scale. The problem is that central banks have no control over the economy. Add to this, the type of inflation is substantially different than the speculative boom. This inflation is based upon shortages. These morons with COVID, with lockdowns, ending up destroying the supply chains. And there's something else there too, when you start talking about negative interest rates. And you start talking about the money supply and you start talking about people, the buying power of the dollar, which, of course, really is just the buying power of people. Once people's buying power goes into the negatives, then we're talking about a population that is literally worth more dead than alive. Because at least if you can kill people... Um, in through one way or another and blame it on someone you don't like, then it, it is the it, 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 it precipitates something larger. It gives you the reason to go out there and do something bigger, to try to uh, jumpstart a new con and to try to keep control of the game that you wrecked in the first place. Once you have wrecked people like this, I'm telling you, the illusion... Of, of consent, the illusion of elections, is really not worth that much. It's really not worth that much. War, kinetic war, loss of life, giving everybody a reason to, to try to live to survive another day, to fight for the future of one thing or another, to give you, give you a mortal enemy, to make things life or death in a really very physical way. I mean, this is... It's dangerous territory. I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen in the next few weeks. Um, th- th- they still are, are jockeying in that, that respect. I did see that Vladimir Putin put out a warning sign or a warning to the West to stop sending. That Eventually, we're going to find the red line of all of your military spending that is being done still in the Ukraine. Not just the U.S., but the rest of their NATO, um, their NATO Soviet Union allies. And so it, it, it seems like he's also getting fed up with that, too, because it's not doing anything. It's not doing anything. Uh, Ukraine is not putting up a fight. Yeah, they're pumping. They're, there's lots and lots of uh, money going in. It's, it's interesting here, too. Have you noticed that all the same powers that be 
are flocking to make sure that they maintain control of Twitter, just like they're flocking to make sure that they maintain control of Ukraine. And I think that they're, they're very necessary for the powers that be for similar reasons, too. So it's it just, it's very interesting. It's like Twitter is digital Ukraine. It's, it's, it, at least how I see it. Maybe you see it differently, and we will have time for calls shortly. Let's just get through this, though. Um, add to this the type of inflation that's substantially different on the speculative boom. Uh, the morons with COVID, with lockdowns, ended up destroying the supply chains. Things that are there, I buy extra of because next time it might be gone. So everybody is increasing their hoarding. So what we have here with Europe, with its negative interest rates, they have wiped out all of the pension funds. They need 8% to break even, not negative rates. There is not a pension fund in Europe that is solvent at this stage of the game. The European government is collapsing. If they end up defaulting, you are going to have millions of people down there with pitchforks storming the parliament. To avoid that, they need a war. The Biden administration has deliberately destroyed the world economy. If there's a war in Europe, the U.S. dollar, the U.S. dollar, quote, will get stronger initially and not weaker, according to Armstrong. Armstrong also says, quote, this is all deliberate. There is no return to normal here. Unfortunately, this is where we are headed. Armstrong contends war in Europe could break out in a couple of weeks, and the EU and NATO are pushing this, Armstrong says. They want Russia to do something. This thing with Russia is the same thing over and over again. Unfortunately, we are headed for war. Armstrong also talks about in detail the following subjects, digital currency and why the deep state is pushing so hard for it. Gold, silver, food, just about everything going way up in price because of shortages. I wish I had a silver and gold supplier for you guys and gals. I wish I did, but I have not formed a relationship with anything like that. And to be honest, sdbullion.com, it's a free plug. I, I don't know them. Um, I found out about them. I forget. Anyway, that's where I get all my junk silver. I, it, it, they've been out of Mercury Head Dimes and Walking Walking Liberty Quarters for a long time. I, you can always just go there and buy uh, silver one-ounce rounds, but I like getting a lot of a lot of coins at once. But you got your food with Blue Monster and um, and lots of other things you can find on the affiliates page. So just make sure you're stockpiling. Let's see what else do we have here. Armstrong has other tips. He says he says that people uh, st- uh, Armstrong recommends that people stockpile two years of food. He has other tips for what the common man needs, needs to stockpile on. Armstrong says that President Trump is the only president he knew that cared about the U.S. soldiers dying in combat. This is why Trump wanted to bring the troops home, and the deep state warmongers hated him for it. Remember, they were actually hiding troop placement in Syria so that if he wanted to withdraw them, he couldn't. Armstrong also gives his predictions on who wins the midterm elections this coming November. Will it matter which party comes out on top? I don't know. In closing, he says that we are not getting back to normal. The system is crumbling from within, and it's just like the fall of Rome, basically. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I would love to open up the lines for you guys and gals for the last half hour. It's 7.33 p.m., 
I've asked you a number of questions so far. Do you think it's a good idea to open up this sarcophagus in, in uh, France? Do you have anything to say about what's going on over here with Europe, UK, uh, Ukraine? Um, uh, do you also believe, or do you have any kind of thoughts on the subject of Twitter, how it all uh, formulates, of course, or if we're going into a time of war, then making sure that every last outlet that is there for public dissemination of approved media is going to be important to keep in check. Um, and then what else? I don't know. There's plenty. There's plenty that I've given you all. So I cannot wait to hear. Oh, and what's your favorite Jesus? What's your favorite movie, Jesus? There have been so many. I actually, I actually was uh, was shocked to see how many how many uh, films there were. I went out there just to see how many I've missed, and I pretty much missed them all. Um, where the hell is it? Maybe I'll find this some other. Maybe I'll find it during the break. Anyhow, let's go on a quick, quick, quick intermission. When we come back, your calls, 914-595-6953. Hang out with me for a little bit on a Friday before we put this abbreviated, uh, necessary week in the books. Welcome to Intermission. We'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Quite frankly. 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 Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show in a short second half, but 
I'm so happy that we did this tonight, and I'm so happy I'm feeling the way I am. I got more and more excited as the day went on. I had one little bout of, huh, I gotta take a break. I gotta take a break. I gotta go sit down and relax. And I did that, and I felt great. Oh, and I had such a rejuvenating laugh cry. I was watching Kyle Dunnigan, his channel again, and oh my god. That guy is like saving com he's 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 one of the few people who are just saving comedy right now. Hello. Hello. Lauren's here. Look at this. Lauren nursed me back to health. Hey everybody. Lauren, I'm feeling better tonight. I'm very happy to hear that, honey. I told them all that uh, last night there was something very weirdly uh very weirdly feeling about your doctor pepper? Yeah. yeah. Why why do you think that was? Maybe there's a, something to the fact that there's a doctor in the name. It's, tr it's truly, it's true. Um, it, it, how's the baby? She's sleeping. I heard you. I heard her uh, screaming, running away from you. Yeah, bath time. So she was screaming. I heard. I, I heard just a no. Yep. Mm -hmm. Can we see her? Let's see. Can you guys see her sleeping? There she is, sleeping like a babe. <laughs> I really just came down to say that if they open that sarcophagus, um, the world is probably going to end. You think that? Yeah. Okay. Well, There's something in there that well, we aren't meant to see. The thing that gets me about the sarcophagus is that it's in it's encased in lead. Yeah, like why? Is that what it, is that what leaden means? I thought so. When did they discover lead? Maybe not. I thought lead was one of those things that just uh, we we learned about later on. This is the 14th century. Okay, so you, you don't think that this is this is going to be bad juju? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Keep well, it close. thankfully we're we're over here in New York, so that doesn't it's not going to bother us. It's all going to bother everybody. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but curses don't come to the United States, right? Um, I think we are the curse. We are the curse right we now. We are the curse. <laughs> well, anyhow, hey Lauren. Just wanted to say hi, everyone. Well, it's great to have you. I'm trying to get this. So people can hear you a little bit better. Oh. Uh, do you do you have a favorite uh, a favorite movie, Jesus? I don't, I don't. the the one The really handsome one was always fun to look at. I think that's who you call Surfer Dude Jesus. Yeah, Surfer Dude Jesus. That's yeah. Jeffrey Jeffrey Hunter. Hot Jesus. Hot Jesus. With the piercing blue eyes. Piercing blue eyes. You could just see him hanging out on the beach yeah. with a on a <laughs> on a surfboard. Sup? You're to teach you your surfing lesson. That's it. All right. Well. Okay. I happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter, Lauren. I appreciate you. Love you. Thank you. Love you. I was so happy when the door opened up. Now, obviously. Did I'm... you share with them though that good deeds don't get you into heaven? Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. That's that's when I. Um, that was part of you being homeless. That was part of me being homeless thing. I told uh, I told the baby that I went. You know, m mommy found me in in a, uh, a gutter somewhere, and that was a good deed. And and uh, I'm trying to. I, I asked her. I said, Lauren, do do good deeds get you to to heaven? She says, No. I said, Oh shit. So there's like no, there's no way to accumulate do good deeds that has there's no kind of discount system at all. No. Okay. That that doesn't doesn't factor in at all. Like. No. You accept Jesus into your heart, but you but the the fact that you do good deeds means nothing. Well, it doesn't hurt. Okay, so that's all. That's that's all I, all I want to know. You know, you can't just don't don't. God wants you to do good deeds, but that's not what's going to get you into heaven. Well, I'm just going to keep doing good deeds. 
Okay. I'm, I, I might as well not stop that. People don't want me to turn into a complete dick, do you? No. Lauren gives me my spiritual guidance here at home. She scared me today. Now I think that I I, I still have about 500,000 years of purgatory. <laughs> I thought I was down to like 750 years. Like, nope. Well, I don't believe in purgatory either, so. Okay. You just hop right over that. All right. See? <laughs> there's, so many, there's so many places you can go and so many things. But it's Easter, so it's a time of renewal. Let's take some calls, shall we? 914-595-6953. you're on the air. Go ahead. Hello? Hello. Hey, Frank? Yes, who's this? Yeah, this is Steve from Detroit. Steve, what's going on, man? Connection seems to be bad here. Can you hear me now? I'm sorry, Steve. We're going to have to move on. Uh, let's take another call. 312, you're on the air. Go ahead. Or 216. Hi, this is Martin again from Cleveland, Ohio. How you doing today, sir? Doing well, Martin. Give me something quick. Uh, I, I just wasn't sure if I was allowed to. You were allowed to talk about anything or had to be about the Chicago. Whatever you can tell me in a minute and a half, go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, I like talking about the pole shift, and I, I learned a lot. I, I spent 40 years researching yes. UFOs and extraterrestrials, and I, I learned a lot. What do you think about the sarcophagus? What do you think about the sarcophagus, Martin? Um, I don't really know very much about it. I mean, I, I usually talk about, you know, what I, my forte. Well, well, I know about. well, then think about think the apply what you know about your forte and and kind of extrapolate all those principles and tell me what you feel in your heart of hearts is going to be waiting for humanity on the other side of cracking open this soda can that they have found underneath Notre Dame. It doesn't seem like it's anything of Christian origin. Uh, do you think that it's uh, it, it's it's druids? Do you think that it is uh, something that we uh, is it cursed? Go ahead. Well, everything that I've learned in my life tells me that they probably already examined it, whether with uh, some kind of device to see inside. And, you know, they're not going to show us anything. That's, that's for sure. Do you think it's one of those Prometheus aliens that uh, is all white and jacked and they hate us? Well, no, I mean, uh, mostly everything on the Earth, is, is from my knowledge, has been taken off the earth um they can have like a shell that's what they're doing there in uh in the arctic in, oh so you, uh, and, and what do you mean a shell you're talking about some kind of an exo exoskeleton well, yeah there's like for an example there's a spacecraft down there and the, gotcha. there's the bad guys down there the bad aliens and they're acting like okay there's all this stuff and we're going to give you all these kind of magical devices and but really the grace had already taken everything off it's just a shell it's just a mm. trick to get the rich down there, which I like. You know, go ahead and you know, they're going to rob the rich. Well, That's really all they're doing. Well, then, you know, then, then I, I guess we can, uh, if there's anything, and thank you for the call, Martin, if there's anything that we can do, we can all pray that this sarcophagus robs a rich person of its money, of their money. If there's anything that this sarcophagus can do, the contents of this sarcophagus can do to serve humanity, that would be to rob the rich their money. Hey, what is going on? Jim from Maine. 
Hey, Frank, how we doing, man? Glad to see you feeling a little better. Yeah, I got a little pep to my step today. It's good to hear from you. Hey, man, glad to be on. Uh, just to answer some of your questions that you uh, rattled off earlier, favorite um, Jesus film, Bruce Marciano. Uh, it's probably my favorite um, from the book of Matthew. Uh, the difference with that one, uh, with, with all the other ones that I can tell, is that if you ever watch that one, Bruce Marciano smiles, laughs, through, you know, he, he's very joyful in that. A lot of smiling. You know, a lot of the Jesus films, you know, it's almost like a dour Jesus. You know, and yes, Jesus is holy. I, I understand that. But I also have to believe that while he was here, on earth, you know, with his earthly ministry, with the disciples, that he was laughing, made <laughs> cracking jokes, and that portrays that very well. He is holy, but I, can, I, I would sure that he's very joyful, and, yes. he, and that's a great one with Bruce Marciano. And, but the danger with the Jesus films is that the Bible's clear that he was not of any stately form that we would have taken notice of him while he was here. He wasn't some head and shoulders above everybody else, some beautiful-looking man. No, we, it says that he was here, and you wouldn't even have noticed him. You know, he's played by a lot of handsome characters, and that's not the way Jesus would have been here, because the Bible says you wouldn't even have noticed him. So, well, well, if you're if you're making a movie, of course you need something somebody that's going to have a little bit of gravitas, because sure. it's. I mean, it, it, but I'm, I'm looking at this long list, and I see Bruce Marciano, 1993, yep. The Visual Bible, Matthew. Okay, mm -hmm. never even heard of this guy yep. before. Man, but if you see his face, the cover of it is him laughing. And that's totally unlike all the other Jesus films, if you ask me. Oh, there you know, is. In my opinion. Yes. Yep. Okay, yeah, well, totally I'm... different. There he is right there. Yeah, he's very he's very happy. And I think that's the thing that really uh, looped or hooked me in with um, Passion of the Christ, too, is that... You know, this was in a, in a time in, in when I was in, in college that I wasn't really, I wasn't very uh, spiritually conscious anymore. Uh, I, you know, Catholic schools had a, a, a tendency of, of beating the religion out of you. I couldn't have cared less after I went through 12 years of Catholic school. But, oh, my um, goodness. But I'll tell you, when I, was, when I went to the movie theater to see Passion of the Christ... The thing that got me the most and uh, was the fact that there was just this very subtle relationship between mother and, and son. I think it was the mother, the mother and son story in Passion of the Christ that that really that really hit me hardest because it was very real. It's just the, the, that kind of playful, everyday human uh, interaction between mother and son, and then even just. The mother always wanted to clean up after the son, be there to pick him up, and I think that was just the um, something that transcends uh, any any viewers any viewers you know religious affiliation or spiritual affiliations. Uh, then again, of course, the brutality of the film can turn a lot of people off. But I remember that 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 was part of Jim Caviezel's uh, approach: is the, the realism of the whole thing with uh, with with parental relationships and stuff. Yeah, it, it, it is neat to see, you know, and you can see how he, how he would have treated his mom. He would have honored his mother, you know, in every sense of the word, you know, and there was that little kind of, 
you know, playful interactions with them. It, it was a beautiful scenes, you know, with both of them. And then you picture how, how about, you know, well, regarding a lot of some Catholics do not um, necessarily believe this, but I believe what the scripture says that Jesus had uh, half-brothers. And James being one who wrote the book of James and the other one being Jude. That Imagine growing up with Jesus being your brother. <laughs> what, that, what that must have been. I had that blow. You know, if you have siblings, you know, tell me how that must have been. No, who was, I think it was Robin Williams that made the joke about, about that, of having uh, Jesus' half-brother Jerry at a bar drunk and just like yeah i'm jerry christ what's it to you you know it's like oh yeah I'm a little whoop, big wolf like a living in <laughs> living in the shadow of his brother uh jerry <laughs> jerry christ i think that's a funny character but i'm looking well, at this here i'm looking yeah. at this here um robert henderson bland is the first one that is on this list of people who played uh uh jesus uh, from it was in a movie called From the Manger to the Cross, 1912. George wow. George Fisher, Civilization, 1916. Howard Gay, Intolerance, 1916 again. Claude Payton in Ben Hur, 1925. Um, and then I guess the original King of Kings, 1927, Cecil B. DeMille. Uh, H. B. Yep. Warner played. Um, uh, I see. I never knew anything, and then then there was like a lull on all these these movies until the late '30s, and then you have the Robe in 1953. Um, yeah. So oh, so, so so many, huh? Yeah, I mean it's incredible. Yeah. And you know what they what they have done as far as being televised and sold throughout international throughout the world, it's incredible. But I didn't know they'd gone far that that, that they were done that far back. Yeah, that, I know. That 19, me a little bit. 1912, that's 1912? insane. Hey, that's, it's that's the, incredible. You know, that's the year that the Titanic sank. And there goes... Oh, uh, my goodness. It's incredible. Uh, hey, listen, before we go real quick, uh, if this guy, this Martin Armstrong guy, puts a very serious world war on a timetable of a matter of weeks. What do you think? I'm yeah. I don't know if it's a, maybe a couple of weeks. I would have to say there's probably some more time. But the way they're prodding, it's, you know, we talked about it before. You're, you're, pushing, you're pushing this guy into, you know, what's he going to do? You're pushing him into the corner, and now you have Finland and, and uh, I think it was in Sweden hmm. uh, talking about joining NATO, and they came straight out, point blank, and, and I think they told Finland, if you join NATO, it will be the destruction of your country. Straight up. Like, they are not going to tolerate anyone on their borders. They're just not going to do it. And, and, you're, and, and now Finland's saying, we're definitely going to join. Uh, okay, you're gonna, someone's going to be bluffing. Either Putin's not going to do anything or he is. And, if, and I heard that he was walking around with nuclear codes the other day. Well, you know, the guy with the suitcase? Yeah. That, yeah, that guy was walking next to Putin. So, you know, it, it's... I'm not saying two weeks, but I think it would be smart that, like you mentioned, you've been mentioning it, you know, it would be wise to kind of stock up a little bit because you don't know what's going to happen. We're coming into very tumultuous times, geopolitically speaking, and I know it's been tumultuous already, but I think we're just going to a whole nother level. So it would be wise to stock up, you know, with a little extra food. If you can get your hands on some gold, uh, have a little cash on hand, cash is king and tumultuous days, have some on hand in case of a banking crisis. Uh, I'm not saying you got to take out your life savings or anything. I'm not saying that at all. I got money in the bank, but it's good to have some. 
at home or where you have quick access to it. I think it's smart to do that in these days yeah. because you just don't know what's going to happen. I know. I mean, and then you get, then you have like India, you know, they're twisting India's arm. It's just a lot of back and forth, you know, who's going to take sides. And the United States, they want to have this world coalition against Russia, man. They're just not going to stop. I feel like, you know, you're speaking of the Titanic, and thanks for the call, Jim. Happy Easter to you, yep. man. Same to you, Frankie. Have a good one. I, I Speaking of the Titanic before, uh, I kind of feel like we're we're all up in the crow's nest right now. We're all up in the crow's nest. We can see plenty of things coming down the road. It just uh, all the pieces are before us. It's pretty simple. But, man, oh, man, where does it all go? And who's going to listen to us? Who's going to listen to us to reverse course? 732, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hello. Hello. Is this Frank? Yes, it is. Who's this? I'm amazed. This is Joan in New Jersey. Jo wait, wait, who from New Jersey? Joan. Joan, welcome to the show, Joan. Thank you so much. I, I have a thought about this war being started in within three weeks. I've got to say I can't agree with that only because I understand Putin is very, very much opposed to the new world order and, and the reset and the whole garbage thing they're trying to push on us. He's very aware of that. And I think they think he's crazy. I think he's very clever. And I don't think he's going to allow them to push him into a war. I think he's too smart to fall for the bait. Well, I, I mean, I, I and I and I, I hear what you're saying there, Joan. I, I I don't think I don't think that anything that is being tried right now, which is of course all this jockeying, um, all the saber rattling, all the moving of pieces. The, the 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 providing of arms to Ukraine uh, in a very public way, uh, the, the constant talk of false flags and desperation, desperation moves and all that stuff. Thanks for the call. Um, that's all for the public. That is all for the public. That is to marinate our minds in what they are building us toward. I don't think that that is ever... It was ever there to really kind of juke Vladimir Putin and getting him to look right when they're going left or anything like that. I mean, there's there, this is for all and, and for, you know, obviously for portions of the of the 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 live viewing audiences of the world that uh, do their own reading and have been doing their own research and can see this for what it is. Uh, they're not fooled either. Okay, it's just that you're always playing for the critical mass. So that's what I would say on that end. Yeah, he's not getting fooled because none of this stuff in in uh, in plain view of the public is for him. It's about us. It's about creating some sort of a reasoning inside of our heads why the world has just been completely snuffed out on every level culturally economically the traveling is gone uh, any kind of medical history privacy that we had privacy all all around um, free speech everything's been snuffed out and now we just have to accept all the reasons why it has happened and all the people who have made it this way why we have to fight through this new challenge um, 
Now, going from there, the thing that gets me is about, uh, well, there, he's not going, he's too smart to be pulled into a war. I don't think that the avoidance of war is really something that is depending uh, on how smart a person is or isn't. There is only so much escalation before any person is going to have to punch. You're going to have to fight. It can't go on forever. There's no way to escalate for years and years and years and then years more, more without ever coming to blows. I mean, there would never have ever been a bar fight to have ever broken out anywhere. You know, sometimes some people just need to be dealt with. Regardless of how how smart you are, uh, regardless of how much you really don't want to go to war, if you are facing a uh, an international gang of psychopaths who are very obvious in the way that they are putting you up against the wall and forcing you into playing the role of the next great villain in their grand theater, then what are you going to do? It's a fight for survival at that point. There isn't you want to live in a world where these psychopaths are mollified that get what they want whenever they want it. You want to live in that world? What kind of a world is that for anybody? I mean, you're 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 pretty much just handing the keys over to Satan. So I, I understand what you mean, and I, and I think about that stuff often. But always remember, everything that's happening in the public is for general population to consume and to form really, really bad, shallow opinions. And then the other thing outside of that is, regardless of how many weeks someone like a Martin Armstrong will put out there before uh, come, things come to blows, uh, eventually it will. Eventually it will, just like eventually. I mean, there's no way to, to repair the, the United States dollar. There's nowhere to, no way to repair that. It's all going to be coming apart. We are only waiting. We are in a holding pattern before those who had control of the old operation are trying to figure out how to more smoothly get us into the new operation. So that's, uh, that's what I say there. And uh, who knows? You know, he, he, and, and here's a little bit. Here's, here's how we can end the show here tonight. Here's how we can end the show. Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. This was a couple of days ago. We are facing a global coup that involves both civil society and the church. Of course, he's going to be speaking from a uh, Catholic standpoint. Um, but listen to this, because I think that we can all agree on this. Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano was on Canale Italia TV, and he shared his observations on what's going on in the world. Below are some of the Archbishop's key observations about the church and political leadership today. He said this, We are facing a global coup that involves both civil society and the church. Both are infiltrated and controlled by characters who use their power and the authority that, deri that derives from it not for the purposes of the institutions they govern, but in order to destroy them. The crisis of authority, the crisis of authority must be denounced because the action of those who have reached the highest level of leadership both of nations and of the church is a subversive and criminal act. 
When asked about the efforts to create a global religion and whether it is homicide or suicide for the Holy Church, Vigano shared the following. Both homicide and suicide. On one hand, the corrupt part of the hierarchy, which for the sake of brevity I call the deep church, since it is subservient to Satan, hates the church as the mystical body of Christ and intends to kill her. Just as happened to the church's head. But we know that just as Christ is risen, so his mystical body will also be resurrected after her passion. So yes, those who serve the devil carry out a murderous operation, however crazy and doomed to failure. Which is, I think, the always the, the most interesting, fascinating part about where we are right now. Because I think that um, it is, it's become one of the, the more popular phrases and mantras of, uh, of people on the internet these days, and that is that evil loses, God wins. And indeed, indeed, God does. But it, it's, it makes it all the more fascinating as to why, why somebody or something or a group of people would pledge themselves to a cause doomed to fail eventually. In this, in this life or the next, it just, it doesn't matter. It's it's really really fascinating in a morbid way, you know. When asked about the consequences that he has incurred in standing up to the new world order, Vigano shared the following: Already after already after my revelations about the scandals of the, of Cardinal McCarrick, that was the the uh, the big pedophile from D.C. I had to take care of my safety. My statements about the pandemic farce, which I, re- I remember began in May of 2020, at the time earned me insults and verbal lynchings, uh, ac- accusations of undue interference or that I was promoting conspiracy theories. There have also been those who have said that it was not I who wrote my statements. It was even insinuated that I was suffering from psychosis and delirium of interpretation or even possessed by the devil. Not to mention the accusations following my pronouncement on the Russian-Ukraine crisis a few days ago. Which, of course, he's on... He sees it the way that we do. Um, I, have been, I have been amazed that these often-over-the-top attacks also come in part from circles of Catholic conservatism and the so-called political right. In many cases, those whom I would have considered my allies in opposing the first pandemic farce and then the war provocation, have shown that they side with the adversary, to the point of recognizing the effectiveness and moral lawfulness of the so-called vaccines or presenting Zelensky as an innocent victim of Putin's expansionist aims. The reality is quite different, and denying it or concealing it to to support one's own theses or obey one's masters will serve no purpose other than make the condemnation of the guilty and their accomplices even more just and motivated. In any case, I thank God and Our Lady that I am in good health and for the protection they have granted me so far. And there's more in this, too, if you haven't read it. This is on the Gateway Pundit. There's uh, several big questions that have been asked, but if I read through this, we'll be here for another hour. And some of you might like that, but guess what? Uh, I did a, I did a, I climbed a great mountain this week. And I'm glad to say that I can see the top of it right now, and I am looking forward to uh, Monday. 
I'm looking forward to getting through a nice, peaceful holiday weekend and then being with you guys and gals on Monday evening back at the studio for our regular 7 o'clock engagement. Now, let me go over to the Super Chats real quick on Foxhole, quite frankly, TV. Shit. Whoops. I did the wrong thing. There we go. Boom. And, oh, I ruined it. I missed all of the... All the gold pills. I saw them piling up. Hold on. Let me see if I can do this again. Let me see if I can do it again. Real quick. Boom. Filter those out. And let's see what, what comes back. I think I screwed it up. They should always stay there, but they don't. Athena540. That's the only one I can thank right now, but I want to thank everybody else for a wonderful showing of support with those gold pills. And on to the tip stream. On to the tip stream. We have Cody, who says, I'm really glad you're feeling better, man. I missed your show. I'm happy that you are here, and I'm happy that I am feeling better as well, and I'm, I'm happy that you missed the show, too. It's good to be missed. Cody also says, Frank, you're, you married a great lady. She knows what's up with the sarcophagus stuff as well as the faith aspect and y'all were ta- uh, that y'all were talking about. Also, there was another structure sitting in the site of Notre Dame. It's because of ley lines. What, what if this is a, a transportation device, these ley lines? Genuine Patriot. Love their clothing. Thank you so much for your gift an hour ago. Citizen Chuck says, Lead sarcophagus buried in a chapel. I'm thinking aristocrat or vampire. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. If we start getting reports from Europe about people, the vampiric germ is starting to spread and there's very weird, weird uh, vampire culture that is coming back into the fore. You see these little Lestats running around. Then we're going to know. The vampire sarcophagus. How interesting would that be? Yeah, we're going to have to really follow up on this. Everybody, keep your eyes open for follow-ups to this story. We're going to need everybody's uh, help on this so that it doesn't get uh, lost in the shuffle. Caleb says, don't ever leave us for that many days in a row, again, mofo, feel better with love. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you. I'm not going to ever again. I will never get sick again, ever. Stostube, thank you so much for your generosity, my friends. The one and only Dan Schumann strikes again. Dan did this. What can I say? The man says, support great independent media, and we just have to say, how much, brother? Have a wonderful Easter, everyone, and great to see you, Frank. Great weekend, brother. Thank you, Christos and Sarah, and thank you, Dan Schumann, who they are emulating with his own very, very generous offering to the show, who says, great to see you back, brother. You put us first. You put us first over you. Thank you. Some would say the last two nights I did. (laughs) <laughs> that I should have just stayed in bed, but I'm happy about it, and I, uh, I I do I do have a great affinity for this audience. Thank you for everything, and I'm looking forward to growing and really, um, you know, we have not we have you know they say every dog has its day. We have not ascended yet. Quite frankly, as a media force, has not ascended yet. 
one day and soon we will be in the right place at the right time and uh, and there you will have it Stow stew began oh this is from last night I gotta thank you ladies and gentlemen you have been wonderful to me and I will see you tomorrow no I will see you on Monday enjoy your Easter get to quite frankly TV right now though and enjoy the evenings after our programming because you're going to especially love the Shroud of Turin special 47 minutes you're not gonna regret it go ahead and I will see you there hanging out in the chat room sometime soon good night everybody and talk to you soon become a sponsor of the show go to quite frankly TV go to sponsor us and see what makes sense to you be wonderful to have you on as a boss be my boss man, be my boss lady. We will be back on Monday. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. Now our super chatter starting with Cody, Genuine Patriot, Citizen Chuck. Caleb, Stostube, Dan Schumann. You guys and gals have been wonderful to me. Thank you to everybody on Rockfin, especially the tips that have come from Jenny. Jenny says, read my comments. Well, the comment has to come with a tip because I can't read the regular chat. And then loaded, tip for turning up the music for that clip. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you guys and gals so much. Jenny and loaded on the Rockfin. Monday, I'll see you all again.